Welcome everybody to the Sisters of Resistance podcast for the week of July the 7th. The speakers on this podcast sometimes use really bad words. <laughs> the ones you know, though. Today the might be the day. Find us on <laughs> Podbean, Spotify, and Apple iTunes at Sisters of Resistance, all one word. And then find us on Sisters of Resistance on Facebook and email us at sistersofresistance3 at gmail.com. I am joined today by my sisters, Fran McIntyre and Meg McIntyre Sandine. Hi, everybody. Good morning. How are happy, you? Happy 4th of July weekend, everyone. Happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, the hits never end here. <laughs> it's never end in the United States of America. And uh, Reggie, I, I, love, uh, I love that hat you have on. Are you going to tell us anything about it? Yeah, I was in a moment of despair. Okay, yeah. And our brother Ted said, well, you know what you can do for the immediate? You can buy a John McCain t-shirt and or a John McCain hat on Amazon. And I thought, well, that covers two things because I want to spend money and I want to do something <laughs> really quick. And Retail therapy. Get a quick turnaround. <laughs> So, uh, so that's what I did. And, um, and so that was cool. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, so I like it a lot. And then, um, so, you know, it just gives me kind of a good feeling, uh, that I have it on my head and I can wear it around and <laughs> it's, 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 you know, so it's a definitely a poke in the eye to 45 and it's really cool and you can get it pretty cheaply on Amazon. So that's what I recommend to my folks. And it also Great to shows know. he is a, a true American hero. He happens yeah. to be happens to have been a Republican, but just to show that in the past we could talk about people from the other party that right. we admired. Yeah. And again, that's I, I applaud you, Reggie. I'm gonna get one too. Yep. And the McCain hat is hashtag McCain. So you can put that right on your Twitter Twitter feed, if you will. And it's it's pink. They have them in different colors. So that's and, wicked cool. And Reggie, you want to explain about the trip to uh what what occasion this why people are bringing out the name and the name and the ship um uh explain that to me flesh that out well you know when 45 went yeah. to the harbor yeah yeah well, by, you, sounds like you know the story better than i so well, you just it. okay so he's he he goes to um he's going to make a speech in the harbor and his underlings in japan in japan in japan mm -hmm that there is oh, that's right. in there in dry dock being repaired or something being fixed on it temporarily. Do you want to carry on, Reggie? No, you go right ahead. Okay. Anyway, it has in order to prevent him from getting upset or or possibly going nuts, all the men on that ship were ordered to take off their McCain hats and they covered the name of the ship to disguise it. Mm. to prevent him from throwing a three-year-old tantrum. Wow. Because he cannot mm -hmm. hear anything good or even see the name McCain without going into a, uh, a batshit case of, of anger. <laughs> so anyway, that's how if he were to see uh, Regina's hat, Reggie's hat, he would yeah. be quite irritated and have to give a speech about how uh, he doesn't like uh, war prisoners that got captured. Right. That's exactly right. What a... What a so, you know, so this past week, um, I went to a uh, demonstration. Uh, they, they had demonstrations that were announced at all the various detention centers. And so I put in our zip code. If you go to moveon.org, 
they seem to be the central locale for whatever's going on in terms of demonstrations and protests. And so I put in our zip code and I found the closest one was over in Central Falls, Rhode Island. So Brother Ted and I, we went over and we participated in that demonstration. And it was, it was really, it was great to be there. There had to be at least 200 plus people there. And so that was awesome to, to include a brass band. There was a brass band of maybe, let's say 10 or 15 people there. And it was called the Redemption, like the Redemption Brass Band or something like that. Oh, Rendition, Reggie. Rendition, Rendition, that's what it was. It was great. It was really great. And so, and, and so while I was there, so I brought my American flag, okay? I brought my American flag and I'm waving it and I'm having a grand time and Ted's holding the sign and we're doing our thing. And someone came up to me, a female, a woman came up to me and she caught me off guard because first of all, she admired my Doc Martin shoes, which anyone would admire my Doc Martin. <laughs> but then she said to me that, you know, uh, maybe I ought to rethink waving my American flag because for some people, this is a fascist symbol. And I was like, I said, listen, I really disagree with you. I didn't, I didn't like jump down her throat, but I said, I disagree. I think I said, so my first amendment, right? I said in there, they, they, the other side has taken the red, white, and blue, i.e. the American flag and have wrapped themselves around it. And I think right. as progressives, we need to take that back. We need to take that back. What are your thoughts, you guys? Well, I think you're absolutely right. They they misappropriated patriotism. Yeah, you know, pa patriotism right. and standing has somehow been been taken over and 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 made suspect because of mm. who they are and what they're trying to do with it. In the name of in the name of patriotism, they are hurting children. They are hurting uh, non-citizens. Uh, so they've they've given well, a bad it, name it, to patriotism. The flag. And it outrages me because. Uh, 45 cannot see an American flag without trying to hump it. And uh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of that. Yeah. But basically, the idea that somehow they have the right to chant USA mm -hmm. and they have that somehow they are the Americans is so infuriating and absolutely does upset them when, when our side shows the American flag because they get confused. They right. want to, you know, they, it confuses yeah. them. And it's easier for them if they can somehow make us into crazy um, baby killers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm so glad, Regina, that you spoke up. And, and again, um, this is America. First Amendment rights are for everyone. Well, there you go. There you go. So there's another, there is another protest um, this Friday. And it's a, um, it's, I want to call it a candlelight vigil. They're going to have a moment of silence. And um, so check that out. I will put, I will put the website up on, uh, on our Facebook page. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep last night. So here are my thoughts. I guess they're not real. They're not rambling thoughts. But here's the deal. You know, this Trump, this fucker had set this whole thing up. Uh, he's such a racist. He is such a racist. He is a predator, like somebody said, he is a predator. He preys after black and brown people. He did it when he was in the real estate business. You know, he did it during the Bertha movement, you know, saying that Obama wasn't uh, born in this country. And then Ban he got Bannon, Bannon got on board, Miller got on board, and the guy is a fucking racist. And that's what we've got in the White House. And that's, you know, Marsha, there's an article in the New Yorker written by Marsha Gessen, 
And she basically said, you know, this, this has changed the United States of America fundamentally. You know, this is, these, are the, these, are the, these are the enemy. The enemy are immigrants. They are the enemy in the United States. You know, and I remember a couple of years ago in, you know, Europe and other countries, you know, they, there was this whole thing about all the immigrants coming in and really, right, really didn't right. have an effect on us at that point, you know. But he's taken it, Bannon took it, Miller took it, and they run with it. And this is what we've got now. And it's ugly. It's just ugly. Thoughts? Well, it the, is ugly. The, there's so much unhappiness and bitterness, yeah. and people mm -hmm. want some reason. So he points to the immigrants who are the best thing that ever happened to this country, including right. all our relatives, yep. Trump's relatives, yep. his sexy wife and her Communist Party father relatives. Yeah. But in any event, he points to them, and it's this anonymous person, this entity, that he wants people to hate. Yeah. And they want, they hey, I'm unhappy, I don't have a job, it's because an immigrant took this. I'm unhappy, I'm a victim of crime, it must have been an immigrant. It's just a way of taking people's free-floating anxiety and rage <coughs> and giving them a reason for it and right. and that's how we ended up with the holocaust right uh, so it's horrible it's horrible and for any i don't mean to jump on you please go ahead oh no it's it is ugly it's hideous and it just plays out in so many corners uh in so many corners uh this whole thing with the citizenship uh question on the yep. census yep. uh you know the other day i was both horrified and exhilarated um and shall I go into that, Reggie? Yeah, why don't you just jump on into that? Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I just, uh, because the census question that had been before the Supreme Court had interested me, but it was, it was a little distant from me. I wasn't really, you know, uh, I, I didn't really have an acquaintance with the facts and the law behind it and really wasn't fully aware, uh, was gratified the United States Supreme Court had said that they could not, not ask the citizenship question. And I think everybody in the Department of Justice and the Commerce Department probably thought so as well. It was over because they folded up the tent. They said they weren't going to ask the question. They were proceeding to start to print. Uh, the government had taken the position before the court that the printing of the census forms had to begin by July 1st um, in order for it to be accomplished in time because the the uh, census has to start on X day in 2020 uh, in order to comply with the Constitution. And so they had this time frame they were working with. And so uh, when, they, when they lost at the United States Supreme Court, I think uh, William Barr and all of his underlings must have thought that Trump got it. Um, and so they began to withdraw from litigation, notify the judge and the other parties that it was over. And then somehow Trump reads about it and suddenly connects that they are you know, essentially disarming themselves, and he goes nuts on yeah. Twitter last Thursday and says, oh, no, fake news, it's not true, yep. we are going forward, and completely catches the Department of Justice and the lawyers that are in court in front of the judge, in fact, on vacation because of the 4th of July, completely right. flat-footed. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, I, I have got my days wrong, I guess it was Tuesday that he made that announcement. And so uh, everybody had gone on vacation for the third, they were all called back for this conference with the judge, I believe on Wednesday afternoon. And so yeah. at that point, I was completely horrified uh, at Trump's action and yet exhilarated because I thought, this is finally it. Yeah. He is going to step in it. That's what He's going to defy the United States Supreme Court. 
Mm-hmm. Well, somehow they must have got a tranquilizer dot in him or something because he <laughs> seemed to have come down enough that he's, I guess he has been continuing to talk about it, but they, he, he and he's continued to say exactly the wrong thing. At any rate, I, I kind of explored it. I don't want to get into such detail that it bores our listeners, but you should know that there are a number of lawsuits that are pending with regard to this question. There seem to be two big ones. One comes out of New York, one comes out of Maryland. Mm-hmm. They differ a little bit. The one out of New York has to do with what's called enumeration. And that's because the Constitution requires that the population be enumerated every 10 years. Right. And that's happened mm-hmm. for the last 230 years. Counted. Uh, exactly. It just says enumerated, counted. And the other lawsuit claims that this is racially discriminatory. Uh, not racially discriminatory, but it's essentially unconstitutionally discriminatory. They don't use the word racial, uh-huh. though that is the, the obvious uh, intention of it. They've got these two lawsuits that are kind of floating along, and the enumeration one gets to the United States Supreme Court first. Um, I didn't really appreciate it, but it goes like this. The United States Constitution um, delegates to the Congress and tells the Congress they must do this enumeration every 10 years. And the way that works then is Congress does its work through the various agencies, um, including you know, the EPA and the Department of Treasury and the Department of Justice and the Department of Commerce, which is where the census ends up. So it's the, department, the Census Department and the Department of Commerce that actually carries this out. So it's delegated to this administrative agency. So it goes into the area of administrative or agency law, which is a little bit esoteric, but just you know, questions um, if the agency, if all these government employees are actually carrying out the intention of the gov- carrying out the intention of the Constitution and the power that was delegated to them by Congress, so that's basically what the United States Supreme Court doing is doing is reviewing what the lower courts had to say about it. Um, with regard to the requirement of enumeration, the argument by the plaintiffs was that this practice of asking the citizenship question was going to depress response for the reasons that everybody knows. It scares away immigrants. Therefore, it wouldn't be a good count. It wouldn't be a valid enumeration and was therefore not legal and should be prevented. That's what got to the United States Supreme Court on this issue of of administrative law. Is this agency appropriately carrying out the authority that's been given to it? And so what the United States Supreme Court said was that the agency had gone through the a proper process. This all has to do with very dry, dusty procedure. They had gone through a, pro- a proper process, and so there was nothing deficient about simply asking the question that the agency had made some judgments, they'd investigated it, and they decided that even though it wasn't going to be perfect, it was more important to ask about citizenship than to not, so it was at least not deficient for them to ask the question. But where the Supreme Court drew the line was it said that the agency must disclose the basis of the action. What's the grounds? What's the original reason why they did this? You know, okay, their process of asking was valid, but why? Why? Yeah. And it turned out that this was fully litigated in the, uh, in the other case, the other case that doesn't have to do with enumeration, that has to do with um, it has to do with it being discriminatory against citizenship status. So these cases start to weave together, and I've looked at it pretty closely, and it's still a little bit confusing to me. But in both 
cases at this point, um, uh, these issues have arisen. In, in the cases for the United States Supreme Court, the New York case, the Department of Commerce and our friend Wilbur Ross uh, mm. roused himself enough to send boxes and boxes of materials to the courts, and they reviewed it. And the United States Supreme Court says that Ross must disclose the basis of his actions. But they essentially say that the evidence in those boxes and boxes and boxes do not match up with the explanation that Ross said, mm. which is that they wanted to ask the question in order to enforce the Voting Rights Act. Mm -hmm. It doesn't match. They do not go so far as to call Wilbur Ross a liar. A liar. But they wow. do use the words bad faith to occur in there. <laughs> and they contrived. Do, yeah, they do say it's contrived. It doesn't match. Gee, right. and, and, that's and, other and, and, language for calling it a lie, I think. Well, you know, it makes, it makes no sense because the vote is secret and we don't vote by any kind of race. You know what I mean? Right. So the idea that somehow this collecting this objective information would somehow help prosecute something that's done in secret uh, it is it's ludicrous it makes no sense at all but you know i bet for any they thought no one would ever read what was in uh, the boxes because those yeah. people don't read right but they, they, they don't appreciate that when it all goes to court it's going to be examined in absolutely granular detail i just yeah. have to quote this sentence because this is john roberts sentence and it's beautiful all together the evidence tells a story the evidence, what's in the boxes, tells a story that does not match the, secure, the secretary's explanation for his decision ah. to add the question. It doesn't match. Could you find a more benign way <laughs> to say the guy is a lying sack of shit? Pants uh, on fire. <laughs> and so as is standard then, when you're dealing with an agency, when the court's dealing with an agency, if they're not satisfied with the agency is said or done, I mean, they can't say off with their heads. No, you send the whole package back to the agency mm -hmm. to continue to work on it. Go back and do more work. That's essentially what, it, what, they, what they said. So it goes back now. And so that's where Trump comes out and says, well, you know, Ross wrote something out, but Roberts didn't really like it. And he said, come back. He didn't say come back. He sent it back to the agency. So where are we at now? So now um, the, the president insists um, uh, that the Department of Justice go forward and pursue this matter. They don't want to do it. You see, the thing that's hanging out there is that they, the court did not permit the plaintiffs to depose 81-year-old Wilbur Ross <laughs> to wake him up out of his mm -hmm. snooze and drag him into a lawyer's yeah. office and ask him some hard questions. And we now know from the other lawsuit that there was this dude named Hofella yeah. who died, oh. leaving a, di a giant cache of, of documents right. that he was writing to all the Trump people mm -hmm. and the Trump transition campaign and saying, if you ask this question, it'll depress the uh, census vote and you'll lose representation. You'll lose um, um, the, uh, the requirement of sending money to districts that have a heavy uh, population of, of immigrants and perhaps illegal immigrants, and that will all fit the Trumpian racist ideology. And so they've got all these documents out there, you know, where do 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 Wilbur Ross comes in and says, oh, I wanted to enforce the Voting Rights Act, except there's plenty of documents to say otherwise. Anyway, they want to avoid that deposition. And that was the problem on Friday, 
yeah. is they did reassemble on two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. They told the judge that they were indeed going to go forward, but she, they don't know how yet. Yeah. And he said, well, we're going to start the discovery, which means get ready, Wilbur. Yeah. So Yay. that's what's going to happen next is they're yeah. going to actually expose all the evidence that's there of why it's so obvious that Wilbur Ross was trying to get this on the, on the questionnaire before he was even sworn in. And for that's what sakes. they don't want to do. That's what they don't want to do because someone's going to be in trouble for lying. Yeah. So at this point, so now they're talking about, this is what mystified me, that they were going to, the president was going to enter an executive order. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Now the rationale they've used up to now, the Voting Rights Act is contrived. All the evidence is already on the record. And so the theory seems to be that if the president enters an executive order, which is simply an order of the president to supervise some part of the executive, which is reviewable by a court. I mean, he can't just do it. It's reviewable by a court. It can't be unconstitutional. He can enter, he could potentially enter an executive order with a new rationale that will somehow make sense. And I question it on two grounds. They've already got this, I don't know how many, truckload of information that says how it actually did arise, how they're going to come up with something that accounts for that, that is appropriate, it is constitutional. Citizenship status is a protected class. That's why this question comes up. When they talk about equal protection, that means it's a, it's a protected class like racial categories, religious categories, gender and sexual uh, orientation categories. It's protected. So you have to have a really good reason to discriminate. And they haven't done it yet. Mm. And I think it's unlikely the president can do it with an executive order or that he can do it in time to get the questionnaire printed. They've got themselves boxed into a corner. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen next? I don't know. They're going to have to exercise you know, uh, uh, you know, a hose full of tranquilizers on Trump to get him down uh, enough. And what I can't wait for is the Washington Post story that will surely come out with the next few days with um, 47 unnamed sources that explain just exactly how this went down mm. over the 4th of July, where those poor bastards got hauled off their vacation and back before the judge to explain this insanity uh, because we're being run by a three-year-old. So uh, just more of the same, more of the same. Racist ideology just being put into practice, but hopefully being exposed. And here's what I just, my last thought. There's a great piece by Maureen Dowd on Nancy Pelosi in today's New York Times. Yep. And Nancy Pelosi has promised to hold Trump in contempt with regard to this citizenship status question. And her language and the way she put it is so perfect. In this country, everybody counts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? Everybody counts. Citizen or non, everybody counts. So I look forward to him being held in contempt um, directly by the Congress. And at what point, at what point would this force a, a constitutional crisis if it hasn't already? Or are we getting ready to have one? If, if the court says no, or if they don't submit an executive order that starts the whole process all over again, yeah. um, and the Supreme Court's uh, denial and remanding stands, there's nothing else that interrupts that, yeah. and he somehow orders them to go ahead anyway, he's in complete defiance of the United States Supreme Court. Right. The only remedy I can see is impeachment at that point. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for as we get to that point, that he does something really, really, really stupid. Like he had thought about writing an addendum 
attaching an addendum. What is that? An extra piece of paper? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, what are you fucking talking about? And and there's so much process that goes into it, whether the question's sure appropriate, is. where it's placed on the right. questionnaire. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I, yes. And this is just not, you know, staple something else on there. I, right. I mean, he's such a moron. He's a moron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, that's what they said in the article. It's like the placement of each question, you have to study that and review it because, again, you don't want to, you know, freak anybody out. You want them to get to answer the question so that we can get an accurate count. That's right. It's got to be the oh, proper enumeration, right. a valid enumeration. Right. Right. Ah, awesome. Meg, any thoughts on that? Or, or do you just want to jump into your hot news? Well, I, I, uh, again, I, I appreciate uh, Frenny's explanation. And uh, I do hope that 45 does something stupid. I hope so. You too. know, um, you know, I just, I, I hope he does because he does not like to be seen as losing anything. Right. And so he thinks that he can fight and that he can have, a piece of paper but what i'm worked up about this morning yes um you gals probably saw that uh it's in the news that this guy jeffrey epstein has been arrested yeah and he is the guy that we've been hearing about oh 12 years ago or so a billionaire guy who likes to have sex with teenagers underage teenagers mm. and used his money um, and had enjoyed scores and dozens and dozens of young women. And it, it finally came to attention of the authorities. And he had many powerful friends yeah. that he also invited along on some of these like little cruises and trips. And I'm not saying that all of them had sex with these kids. Yeah. But it, it must have been pretty obvious that these were, you know, very young children. Um, one of the witnesses claims that Alan Dershowitz was enjoying himself. Whoa. Also that Prince Andrew enjoyed himself Whoa. three times. No! <laughs> no! Stop it! So I said, that's why this is very entertaining, okay? Because it's just so salacious. Okay, so he was um, charged with state and federal crimes back in 2007, 2008, and uh, somehow was given a plea agreement, a non-prosecution agreement by the then U.S. Attorney and current Secretary of Labor, Alexander Acosta. Yeah. Now, this was exposed in February of this year because it was a completely secret deal. And the deal was so incredibly favorable to this rich white man mm -hmm. in that the federal prosecution was halted and they found a couple little easy peasy mm -hmm. state laws to which he could plead. Then he was assigned 13 months in the private wing of the most cushiest uh, facilities the state had to offer. But in addition to that, they let him out six days a week. Right. Only had to serve one day a week for the 13 months. It yeah. was outrageous, <laughs> but nobody knew about it because it was a secret. 
Now, there was a very brave attorney whose name is Brad Edwards, and I certainly admire him, that when this became apparent in 2008, started a suit against the government under the Crime Victims Rights Act. Uh -huh. Now, this sets out rights for victims of crimes including the fact that they are supposed to be notified in a timely manner when there's yeah. going to be a plea agreement. Okay, it's, it's 18 U.S.C. 3771. That is right number seven, to be informed in a timely manner of any plea bargain or deferred prosecution agreement, which this was. Okay. It, the law says that just the fact that someone's, the victim's rights were denied doesn't necessarily mean that you get another bite at the apple. Unless, a little drum roll please, <laughs> unless in the plea agreement, the defendant did not plea to the highest offense charged. That didn't happen in this case. Okay, so when it said he's being arrested for crimes between 2005 and 2007, as we know, once you've been tried for a crime, you know, that's it. You've had, you've had your one chance. I think that they are resurrecting those charges under this special section of 18 USC 3771. The victims, the numerous victims in this case, were intentionally misled, okay? So he has been transporting girls and, and committing federal crimes, okay? The federal crimes involve 18 U.S.C. 1591, uh, 2422B, uh, which has 15 years for, e for each offense, and for traveling, which also involves international trafficking, uh, 18 U.S.C. 2423B. I think they are able to revive those. We will not know until tomorrow because the indictment has been sealed and it will be unsealed tomorrow. But a little background on this Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Interestingly, he was a 20-year-old college dropout, but a very smart math guy who was hired to be a teacher at the Dalton School by Billy Barr's father. Oh, can you believe it? Mm. While he's teaching, at, teaching teenagers, he himself is only 20, mm. at the Dalton School, his mathematical genius is recognized by an executive at Bear Stearns investment and they hire him so he goes off for a life of earning millions and millions of dollars um that money buys you a lot of protection it buys you a lot of friends i think that what happened for this guy in 2007 and 2008 is that his many numerous wealthy connected friends did not want this whole sordid story to be exposed. Yeah. They did not want the rock to be lifted. <laughs> so through various types of pressure, 
he was permitted to enter into this. It's, you can't even call it a sweetheart deal. It is so much better than that. That the U.S. attorneys were all involved in, knew it every step of the way. Mm. And they wanted to keep it a secret until Epstein pled to the state charges and closed the whole thing up. Uh-huh. So what did they do but write letters to the victims saying, the federal prosecution, the federal investigation is ongoing, but it's going to take a long time, so please be patient. Mm. Do you believe it? Mm. Lie to them Lie. until suddenly the whole thing, bing, bam, bada boom, is done, and the guy is serving you know, one day a week in a country club. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this one attorney started a suit and has worked on it pro bono for 10 years. Wow. Finally, so this is going to be a great movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His work is recognized in February by a judge who says, this whole thing is rotten. Let's open it up. Awesome. So he is being charged in the Southern District of New York. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, Fox News is leading this off. First of all, saying that Epstein was a great friend of President Clinton. <laughs> Which, not to mention, also a great friend of Donald Trump, who yeah. said he likes beautiful women the same way I do, and, and some of them are kind of young. Right. That's a quote from Trump. Yeah. But in any event, yeah. one of the attorneys in the Southern District office is Maureen Comey, oh. daughter of James Comey. Oh, Jesus. So they are, I'm sure they're going to try to make this into more of the witch mm-hmm. hunt. The witch mm-hmm. hunt. Okay, the other thing that really brought, oh, and they also were able to try and try to broom away the federal charges by saying that some of these weren't victims, they were prostitutes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I, it just, it's just horrible. But this was oh, a concerted, a conspiracy yeah. to really take away these people's rights. Okay, the one thing that bothers me, yeah. going back to 18 U.S.C. 3771, which is the Crime Victims' Rights Act, which I think is giving them the authority because their rights were denied to reopen the criminal case. Mm. It says under Part C, F2, that the Attorney General is the final arbiter of the Uh victim's complaint and that there is no judicial review. Mother freak, honest to God. Now, bearing in mind that as soon as the Mueller report came out, but I mean, last, last week or the week before I told you there were 14 ongoing investigations in the yeah. Southern District, yeah. he shut down seven of them. Yeah. Wow. So because he is in charge, I think it's quite possible that he will delay this or do something to it because this Epstein is so well-connected And none of these rich white men want this ugly, ugly underbelly exposed. But I'm waiting till tomorrow to see if uh, if my hunch is right, because uh, they do mention that he's he's having some new charges. And um, the laws that I mentioned were all in effect then Mm -hmm. and are still in effect now. And, you know, this double jeopardy or this agreement that was secret and was done fraudulently will be overthrown. And the guy hopefully is going to be right back in court again. So I said, and, and the other thing is the guy is very good looking, yeah, very good looking. 
very smart, and now very rich. And those things are hard to beat in our, in our, uh, in our justice system. But in any event, I'm glad I have on my Doc Martens. I know you have them on too, Regina. And if, Je if Jeffrey Epstein comes anywhere near me, he's going to get stomped. No, it's, this is, you know, that quote that you pulled up from Trump, I saw that this morning and it says, I'll, let's say it again, just for emphasis. I've known Jeff for 15 years. This is Trump. Yeah. I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. Donald Trump in 2002. And, and Reggie, it, it, so I said he's now trying to make him be President Clinton's friend, but basically yeah. he would have big parties on yeah. his yacht or his cruise ship yeah. and have all these young women there Boy. and you know obviously and and well in any event it's horrible 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 the guy is a disgusting pig yeah the secretary of labor alex Acosta secretary of labor is another disgusting pig yeah. everyone whose names are mentioned in that yep. and and again they it's time for it all to be it's time to rip off the bandage and let's yeah. see what's there i agree I agree. Wow. Hey, uh, the, 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 on the Miami Herald reported last night that mm -hmm. sources said the indictment includes new victims and witnesses who spoke to authorities in New York over the past several months. Wow. Um, and the, tw the Twitterverse is on fire. Uh, with oh, who it this is. is going to bring Absolutely in and, and pull fire. down. I yeah. agree. Now, yeah. do you think it is part of my speculation? I was thinking it might be part of one of these Southern District cases whereby someone gave up the ghost because they're probably all know, trying to negotiate not to go to prison. So I, that was kind of my thought, but unless there's another source. I, I, that, think that, I think that's very possible because another suspicion had always been that Epstein, who had worked for many years for Bear Stearns, the investment yeah. firm, had turned, become a rat and informant against them. And that because he provided information that was useful in prosecuting, that that's why they wanted to give him the sweet deal on the sex charges because of course money is way more important yeah. than young women yeah but it's possible it's very possible and i also would like to know more but i mean these people are all connected mm -hmm. it's all connected mm -hmm. and i just was amazed that it was fat billy's father that gave the guys that's this job. Amazing. amazing teaching amazing. teaching teenage girls boy that is, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about predator, you know. Do you think, Margaret and Reg, that yeah. uh, is, uh, has Epstein uh, come into federal custody willingly because he's going to be a witness? Um, I, I, I don't know that's the answer to question. I don't think so, Franny. I, I don't think, I mean, I think he feels like he's the smartest person in the world and uh -huh. he's going to do this again. But, you know, who knows? I mean, basically, if he's looking at time, 15 years for each offense, and it's not one day a week in a country club, uh, it, he, you know, he will be willing to say anything he's got about anybody, I'm sure. Uh, it just, it looks like, I mean, they, they, were, they were investigating that whole business with Acosta and how that whole deal went down and the violations that you've uh -huh. identified. And I wonder if he has become a witness in that, that he's going to give up, mm. you know, mm. a coster and the people around him. I mean, yeah. this, this, that's not being said directly, but it's almost yeah. a suggestion. Um, oh. And that he's got people to give up. And 
where he apparently was arrested in Titabo, New Jersey, yeah. having flown in from Paris. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, and uh, they said that That's he wasn't it. aware he was going to get arrested, but it just seems like he put himself in a position to get arrested, come back to the States and put himself into federal custody because he's going to be a witness. I just, I'm just, as a theory, uh, because it seems to be suggesting the Twitterverse.